0: Hello, and welcome to Growing Up with Dr. Sarah. Today, I'm going to talk about a really important topic that I actually enjoy spending time talking to parents and caregivers, and that's toddler behavior. What's so interesting about toddlers is that they have really big feelings. And I'll give you some examples. Um, You know, one day they might want the red cup, and then the next day they want the green cup, or they'll ask for the green cup, and say, why did you give me the green cup? (laughs) And these are, of course, toddlers that can speak fluently at that point. But what's interesting about toddlers is that there is so much information about how to handle them. And it's really difficult because their development is in such a way that that's normal for them to change their mind, to have big feelings, but then not really know what to do with those feelings. And a lot of times it makes no sense at all. So I'm really hoping that today we can make a little bit of sense about toddler behavior. And then from there, maybe give some tips and tools on what we can do to to help you out, because any Anybody that has had a toddler is going to have a moment. I remember with my son Ben, I thought, "Wow, he is the best two-year-old ever." And I thought, "I just am so lucky." He what had no terrible twos, and then he turned three, and I call three-year-olds three-nagers because it's like dealing with a teenager. So, my special guest today. Is Brittany and I'm going to let her introduce herself and tell you about um, what she does and how she helps parents. And uh, I'm really looking forward to having this time with you, Brittany.
1: Yeah, hi. I'm happy to be here. Um, So I am a behavior specialist. I have uh, my podcast, Being Better with Brittany, um, where you know I talk about similar things, parenting and and all the fun that comes along with it. I own a behavior coaching company where um I work directly with parents and I teach parents basically instead of their kids uh what to do with their children as opposed to me working directly with their kids to you know sort of work out those behavior situations because parents are the ones who need to know you're you're the ones who are are with your kids a majority of the time. I'm not. So, you know, if if they're great for me for that hour, awesome, you know, go me, but otherwise, uh it's, you know, it's it's them who need the the help and, you know, they they reach out because they need it and and I want to make sure that, you know, they when I leave, they have the tools to to deal with their kids as, you know, I would because I know everything, and I've never been wrong once. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know. It's so hard. And, you know,
0: Brittany and I had a chance to get to know each other, and I mentioned to her that, you know, kids are born without a manual. They're born, and they didn't read the books. So we can read and Google things and try different things, but unless you're really consistent Mm -hmm. so that... If they do this behavior, they know what to expect because we right. know in the long run it builds self-esteem. Right. And it also builds security because right. they know their boundaries. Right.
1: That's probably my number one piece of advice is consistency is is what gets you the most bang for your buck because even if, you know, you're probably not I'll preface with that. But even if you're doing the most bang up job, you can possibly if you're consistently giving the same consequences for, you know, there be once they get in that routine, they know how to navigate you. It's much easier to navigate them because you you also get a sense of security. You know if I if you say, "Hey, it's time to get ready for bed," even if you say it at the same time every single night, Little Timmy's going to flip out because he doesn't want to go to bed. He's still on the iPad. And that's so you know that going in, because it's happened every single night for the last three weeks, you know, your consistency is their consistency. So vice versa.
0: Yeah. And that's right. Because uh, sometimes in my practice, what I'll notice is, you know, I tried this Mm -hmm. and it didn't work. And my next question is always, Let's break it down. Yeah, exactly what you did. And how long did you try it? And because kids are really good at finding the cracks that we give them. And they're really good at, um, you know, testing us. Right. And so what do you tell parents when they're having that epic meltdown?
1: Yeah. Well, so a meltdown is, at least in, in my mind, is different than your run of the mill temper tantrum. The, you know, a temper tantrum to me is you know the very first time you you say something to your, your you deny them access to to whatever it is that they're wanting. Um, you know, that's when you get the whining and the negotiations <laughs> and all that fun stuff. And you know, in those moments, um, you know it's okay for them to be asking questions. You just gave this new direction. You just denied access to this new issue or this thing. Um, So there's two types of questions. There's challenging questions and there are questions that are, that genuinely deserve an answer. So like a a question that would be challenging is why? Well, depending on the situation, it's also a reasonable one. Why do I have to go to bed right now?
0: Yeah, or why do I have if that's to the first, eat this? Right. Or... If that's the
1: first time they've asked that question, then yeah, absolutely. You need to go to bed right now because your brain needs time to rest and reset and you have to be ready for school tomorrow. You have to be ready for your play date tomorrow. And we want your brain to be in the best possible state that it can be. So that's why we have to go to bed now. Mm-hmm. Okay, done and done.
0: And simple. Simple. Because if you ex- try to go too much into detail, it's just going to, just like teenagers, them. it goes yep. right over their head.
1: Yep. If it is day number 47 and they're asking why they need to go to bed at 9 p.m., that's when you already know the answer to that. I won't be answering it again. Go brush your teeth. Yes. And then from there on, you just repeat the directions over and over. Uh, The broken record technique is (laughs) tried and true and works on so many age groups, so many different. Eventually, there's just nothing left for them to say or argue. You've just you've mind ninjaed your child into complacency <laughs> and you know, it's, it's simple, but you know, I, I'll say, go brush your teeth, go brush your teeth. Yeah. Done. That's so boring. That's not a fun argument for them. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, takes, takes that away. And then a meltdown, um, you know, those are the, you're in target, you're at the very, you're in the checkout line, that candy bars, just call into your kid and, they are – they want it. They need it. They've never needed something so bad. Um, They didn't need breakfast or lunch, but they need that candy bar. So that's – you know, you get the – they're on the floor. We're, skick, we're kicking. We're screaming. We're all that fun stuff. Those real big – in those moments, I typically tell parents, there's nothing that you're going to say. In those moments, imagine you being that distraught about something. No one's going to come over to you and be like, you're OK. And then you're going to be like, you know what? Darn it. I I am OK. I just realized. That. <laughs> Don't <laughs> you know we what? wish but, we could
0: yes, change yeah. our minds oh, that quickly? Yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> you know, funny you say that. I am OK right now. And that's not that's not how our brains work. That's not how kids brains works. So, you know, there's really there's nothing to say other than I can tell you're you want to validate their feelings. I can tell you're upset. I would be upset too if I wanted something and I couldn't have it. When you're ready to talk about it, when you're calm like I am, we can we can talk about it some more or we can talk about it when we get to the car. Just something that just continues to solidify like we're not getting this candy bar. I already said no. Yeah. So many parents, I feel like, just to, and I get it, it's the easier option, and at that moment you are humiliated beyond repair, and you just want to get out You're of there. You want peace. You want them to be quiet, and you want to get out of there. But whatever level they took it to, to get that candy bar.
0: You just reinforced it. You
1: reinforced it, and they know that they have to get to that level every single time if that's what they want, if they want something. So if Billy kicked you, and you finally set, that was your drawing point, fine. We will get the candy bar. You are not eating it right now. You eat it when we get home, but we get it. Then guess what's going to happen first and foremost the next time Billy wants that candy bar or something else in the grocery store? You better wear shin pads because you're getting kicked.
0: Because they know, okay, this is, it reinforces the behavior. that This is what I, and and you need to decide that going in.
1: Oh, yeah. Like if,
0: if you're thinking to yourself, you know, Sometimes you just have to say, I don't know. And may, I'd love your thoughts on this, but I try to tell parents like prevention is part of it too. Right. If you know that they're going to want something, right. you know, um, kind of preparing them ahead of time or even preparing yourself right? where if you really feel like, okay, I'm going to, I'm probably going to give in and let them have the Skittles mm-hmm. or well, don't give toddler skittles, sorry, bad example. <laughs> they can choke on it. Right. Um, but like, I'm going to give them, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the candy bar, like you said, then have that mindset going in, right? you know, or, or an op, an alternative. If you feel like you're right. going, because you have to be, like you said, consistent, you have to do the same thing every time because right. you're right. It's going to be like, okay, this is what I need to do in order to get that. Right. And so I love how the example that you gave allowed, you're allowing them to feel their feelings.
1: Absolutely. So you basically said,
0: I hear you're frustrated, you know, because of, because you want a candy bar and, um, you know, I know that's tough because I would, I, you know, I remember wanting a candy bar too, Right. but then you basically still set the boundary.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I get frustrated too sometimes and I've I've been where you've been, but you know, I didn't get the candy bar by, by crying and whatever. There's also a technique called, you know, it's restitution. So you've you've already caved. You've you've decided I'm going to buy the candy. But so next time, going in when you know that this is going to happen, if Billy is again on the grunt, you've already been kicked. We're throwing a huge fit. So what you say is, I'm going to get the candy bar as soon as you're calm, and you can ask me nicely for it.
0: Okay, I like that alternative.
1: mm -hmm, Because one, you're teaching them that alternative behavior. You're teaching them the behavior that you want from them. I'm not buying the candy bar until you do that. So you've already set an expectation that they have to be up, calm, collected, ask nicely for it. And then you can discuss... We can have it when we get home after you, and then you know maybe they it's you play for thirty minutes or you um you know take a break to get yourself back to the green zone or you know whatever phrasing you use um or you know they might have to do depending on how old they are, maybe it's some sort of age appropriate chore to mm, to do it just something that you know gets them regulated. Gets them to a, a better mental state. um Then that way, you know, it's not really your. It's not really a mess up. There's not really, you know, like you said, there's no manual. There's not a mess up. Um, <laughs> That's right. We're not perfect. It saves you from. Okay, so yeah, I, that that probably wasn't the greatest thing that I bought them the candy bar last time. But this time, darn it, I got it. Yeah, um, I know what I'm gonna do. I can. St- I can still stop the meltdown by getting the candy bar. Some people just feel better, you know, giving in a little bit and I get it. It's um, you know.
0: But I like that approach because you're you are teaching them and if they don't follow through, mm-hmm. then you need to follow through and not yep. not get the candy bar. If you which is going to be hard, through, but that's you need to.
1: About as bad as you should have just never said anything that you shouldn't have. You just go back to square one. Your word is your bond. And if you don't follow through with what you said you were going to do, both positive and negative, you've just shot yourself right in the foot.
0: And, you know, kids learn by setting these boundaries. They really I know it's not easy. It, no. It's not. We wouldn't be happy. We wouldn't be sitting here talking with each other if it was easy. But they do learn like it provides structure it provides and it it teaches them really how to handle disappointment right yeah even and, at that age
1: and again they're they're little tiny humans with you know their their frontal lobes aren't fully developed at all and they're impulsive and they don't know what's going on and it's funny that you said you know that you call a three-year-old teenagers. <laughs> toddlers are essentially teenagers they're mini teenagers their their emotions are too big for what their brains can handle they switch in a flip absolutely they, <laughs> and really small issues are big issues and none of it makes any sense there's no warning for it there's no you don't get like a code code red yeah you know screamed out for you it's they're very similar and it's it's and if you don't have a consistent response set up, then that just leads for more turmoil down the road. Yeah. And you don't
0: want that for your child. No, you
1: don't want that for your kids. You don't want that for you. Yeah. Oh, gosh, for everyone's sanity. Yeah. You want to be as consistent as you possibly can. Um, You know, then it becomes automatic.
0: And, you know, it's funny because I always said someday I'm going to write a book and it's going to be called Toddlers and Teenagers because I think that I didn't realize how much they were alike until I had teenagers at home. And the other thing is that they, they are like immoral. You know, they think they could do everything, Mm -hmm. but they still want you to do everything for them.
1: Right. (laughs) Yep.
0: And, uh, and so... Even though you don't
1: do anything right.
0: Right. And, and it's, it's tough, you know, because, um... Sometimes the smarter they are, the harder it is too oh yes and um and so it's it's very interesting how much they can be I mean, God bless toddlers, I love them dearly, but they're little like you said, they're like little ninjas and they're very manipulative.
1: <laughs> oh no, they totally are yeah once they once they think they have the the ropes and things, and here's the interesting thing is, I always tell people whenever you start something some sort of intervention. One, first and foremost, adult regulation is the very first intervention. You yourself have to be regulated before you can regulate your child. That's hard. Oh, it's so hard. You have to know. Basically, you have to be able to see into the future. Okay, so what happens if this, this, or this? That's tough. But if you're worked up while they're worked up, Nothing's going to come from it. It takes a calm brain to calm a brain.
0: Wow. Let's say that again. It takes a calm brain. It takes brain. a
1: calm brain to calm a brain. So true. If you're ever in a state where you are so frustrated with your... T- hey, mom needs a break. Dad needs a break. I will be back in five minutes. Done. No matter how much they're screaming. No matter- Granted, you cannot leave them in Walmart. <laughs> and try right. we you still may. need to make sure they're right. okay. <laughs> but... Mom, dad needs a break. I won't, I'm not talking about this in, until it's been five minutes, you know, whatever. And then from there, once you've set that expectation, that, that boundary, you've, you've had the, okay, we're not, we're not buying candy, whatever. Three weeks, three weeks is this like threshold of, so the first week, every time you go to the grocery store, guess what they're going to try to do? They're going to try and get that thing, that toy, that candy, that treat, whatever it is. And your answer is going to be the same because consistency. Okay. And it might might magically work because, you know, it's new. And it's, all right, well, mom's never been this, you know like steadfast on the, and obviously <laughs> children are using words like steadfast. <laughs> so, you know, don't be surprised when your two-year-old is talking about how consistent and steadfast you are.
0: Well, sometimes um, they will. <laughs> yeah. I'm always amazed by the vocabulary of some of these kids.
1: The second week is when they figure you out. Okay. So yeah, she's, she's not giving up. Now I'm going to really amp it. I'm gonna, that's when all the loopholes, all the all the tricks and treats have come out, and they're going to try and figure out how to break that new habit of yours of saying no, because how dare you. That third week is when things start to kind of taper off, like, all right, yeah, I really, I tried this. It's not, it's not going my way. It's not going well. Uh, so, you know, like you said, there are times when it could just click. It could, It could work out. Kids are tricky. We don't know for sure, um, but you know, you don't want to just try something once and then you know give well, up. Yeah. Well, I tried it, and yeah, yeah, you did try it. It's and the trying it is 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 part of that first couple steps. You had to stick with it. Yeah. Even, again, even if it's it's not the best technique, if it's not the the best way to phrase it, regardless, the consistency of it, the security of knowing what your response is going to be is what's important for the child.
0: Even in that third week, you have Even to in that third that's week. when you really need to get calm, get tough. Yep. And and remind yourself that I heard an expression. I try to I try to use these terms with parents that I work with and I say, you know, discipline is love. You would never let them go through their day without having some you know the the right nourishment the right nutrition right it's the same thing i mean as as part of your care and your love for them discipline is very important and really discipline is is about teaching right it's about teaching them right what you know what their expectations are what to learn disappointment and how to handle it right. you know and various things like you know i brought up the cup idea so i could see you're really I'm, I hear you. You're upset about the yellow cup, yeah. but we're not getting another. Then you set the boundary. Right. We're not getting another right. cup.
1: Or what I heard you say was, "I want the green cup." Did you mean something different? Because this is the green cup. So right. is this not? Did I hear you incorrectly? Did you? So again, you're you're putting it back on like I heard you say, and mm-hmm. they'll probably say something like that. You heard wrong, and that's yeah. not what I said. So why don't why don't we fix it before I get this cup dirty? Yeah. Or if it's already dirty, your dirty has their beverage in it, whatever it is. Okay, so the next time I'll know to to ask you again to make sure that this is the cup that you want.
0: You know, one thing that's interesting is that, you know, another, well, once you've kind of allowed the feelings and you've set the boundary is also finding that time to shift to yes, uh-huh. because they hear a lot of no. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, ke- you know, couple things, too, is one, catch them doing something right. right. Because kids are trying, you know, sometimes they have tantrums or or are upset about things because they know what they want to say, they know what they want to do. They can't say it, they can't do it. And that's probably more you're going to see with the younger toddler age group that is still learning to communicate. Yeah. But it also can be, you know, with the older toddlers, you know, as you get up to that like preschool age as well. Right. But I think if we can also shift to yes, And maybe give them a choice between two things.
1: I was going to say, so this is one of my favorite techniques, and that's turning your no into yes. I love it. Which is when you say, you can absolutely have this candy bar from, you know, the checkout aisle. First, I need you to stand up like a two-year-old and use your big kid words and tell me what it is that you want. We don't get what we want by crying. You can absolutely have blah, blah, blah. So... One, that's one way to turn your no into a yes. Okay. Again, by showing them what you expect instead of the temper tantrum. There is also, um, you know, a lot of the time they'll request something that's just completely out of it's time for school. And so-and-so wants to go to grandma's house. Okay.
0: Not uncommon. Nope. Or they don't want all. to get in the car. Nope. Yep. Put their shoes on.
1: Yep. So, You can absolutely go to grandma's house. First, we need to go to school. Do you want to put your shoes on or do you want me to put your shoes on for you?
0: So you're giving them a choice. You're giving
1: them a choice. You're giving them an age-appropriate choice. It's nothing, you know, it's not like, do you want to go to grandma's now or later? Yeah. Because, you know, (laughs) they've already told you that. (laughs) I want to go now. (laughs) Right. You're you're giving them a task that's age-appropriate and timely. You know, we got to get our shoes on. We got to, you know. And also, it gives them... Because in those moments, they're upset because they don't have control over the situation. Everyone, I don't care if you're five months old, five years old, 50, 500 years old, you want control in, in these situations, and or most situations, I should yeah. say. And so, you know, by asking them if they want to do something or they want you to, giving them those choices, you're giving them some control in a situation where they feel like they don't have any. and you know, that can kind of taper things down a little bit. You also said something very important that, you know, discipline is love, like you said. And there's a big difference between discipline and punishment. Correct. So in those moments, you're disciplining because you're teaching them instead of just taking something away or, you know, punishing.
0: Yes, I love that. And I've said that too, you know, discipline is to teach, not to punish. But we, we're not saying that you shouldn't discipline. Cause I remember saying this to a mom and, um, you know, she just, I felt bad for her because she was really doing her best and she was, I'd never met her before and she was in my office and she, you know, I, I really want to empower parents and caregivers or grandparents, whoever is taking care of children to ditch the guilt and the insecurity yourself. Like you said, you know, stay strong, stay calm. Because they need us to be like that, you oh, know, yeah. they're losing it. And if we're losing it, it's, yeah. it's, it's
1: Takes a, it's it a losing brain, battle. Brain. Yeah.
0: But what she said to me was, she goes, I'm, I'm doing, I mentioned that comment. I said, you're, we discipline to teach not to punish. And I think she took it that she wasn't supposed to, child. to never discipline. Yes. And I said, um, and she goes, Oh, I'm doing it all wrong. And so I said to her, I go, well, tell me what you're doing and let's talk about it. And really she was doing everything right. And so right. we're not saying that they shouldn't be, they sh- but they need, it's, if we take the mindset of we're disciplining them to teach, I think a lot of times that takes the guilt away. Right. You know, because I know there were definitely days where I just was like, I felt like I was just disciplining all day long and then they go to bed and they look like these perfect little angels and you just think i'm a horrible mom you know but then what happened was the next day was better because i was consistent and they knew what to expect right and um you know i'm not going to say i got it right every time but it, it definitely i say this in almost every podcast choose your heart Right. It's going to be hard to be consistent and kind of learn some ways. Sometimes when they're uh, really young, you know, you can distract them, right. move them, get them involved in something else, even in the store, maybe, you know, um, but at home especially. And sometimes you just need to let them feel yeah. their feelings. Oh, yeah. You know, make sure they're safe. They're not hurting themselves or anybody else. Yep.
1: Yeah, it's okay for them to cry. It's okay for them to, you know, feel those big feelings because, you know, I, I say all the time, you know, as adults, like, have we ever been sad? Absolutely. How did we learn to cope with being sad? By being sad, not from somebody, you know, immediately fixing that problem for us, not from never feeling sad. And, you know, that's what they need to do. And again, you're you're validating those feelings. You're empathizing with it by... You know, saying a time that you've also been sad or frustrated or mad, and then giving them, you know, modeling an appropriate coping skill so that they know what to do for that next time, and that doesn't necessarily. So, in in behavior terms, there's positive punishment and negative punishment, and discipline is essentially positive punishment. It's it's teaching replacement behavior. It's you know showing what. They should be doing as opposed to what they are doing. Negative punishment only stops a behavior. It doesn't create a new one. So
0: that makes perfect sense.
1: Yeah. So, you know, when you when you're giving, you know, a negative punishment, like taking something away or for teenagers, you're grounding them or something. For example, when I was in high school, my stepdad, I had this friend who was uh, admittedly a horrible influence <laughs> and, <laughs> and you know her stories were funny and whatever and my parents knew of that and you know it wasn't a huge because it was just her engaging in them and it was like well oh, that's a p- issue for her parents <laughs> I guess. and so she had shown me once how she taped down the sensor on her doors at home so if she wanted to sneak out at night she could without the alarm going off or without like the door the chiming. chiming yeah and then I don't know, we got distracted, we were talking about something else, went and did something, and left the tape on the sensor. At my house. So my stepdad came home and found the the tape on the sensor and was like, oh, what is this?" No. And I was like, "Oh, you know how Mandy was telling us like that she went, and blah, blah blah." and um so she was showing me how to do it, and then I don't have anywhere to go, but I forgot to take the tape off, and you know, sorry. and
0: And you were being honest
1: was being honest. Well, I got grounded for two weeks for wow. that. What do you think I learned in that situation?
0: You learned, I better make sure next time I take the tape off. <laughs>
1: I take the tape off and also <clears throat> certainly didn't pay to be honest in that situation. Oh, that's
0: true. That's true.
1: So negative punishment. I got grounded for being, for doing something I was... Granted, No. Don't tape your sensors down, <laughs> but also... <laughs> yeah,
0: anyone listening, don't do right, that don't at home. don't do
1: that. <laughs> don't, don't, don't. Do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. Um, but I also, I learned not to be honest, that being honest wasn't going to get me anywhere. I'm just going to get grounded if I'm honest. So,
0: So the next time you're not going to be honest.
1: I'm not going to be honest. So had I been told instead, thank you for being honest with me, if I find something like this again then you'll be going, that's a teaching moment. There's going to be
0: consequences.
1: Right. That's a teaching moment. Instead, punishing me for doing the right thing taught me not to do the right thing.
0: So it was negative punishment. So that's a great example between positive punishment. And, you know, when it comes to toddlers, they will thrive off of negative reinforcement. And so I try to explain to parents that it's very important that you do not reinforce something that they are doing because to get your attention or to get what they want, because then what they've learned now is, again, it is that negative reinforcement too. like if they're yelling and screaming at you and all of that kind of, yes, we feel bad, you know, because they're upset, like you said, kicking and things like that, but You can't, that's a, even though they're doing something negative, you can't respond to that.
1: Right. And it seems that's probably the hardest thing to do. But the thing I have to tell parents most is in those moments, you are totally fine to not say anything. You don't have to be talking to this little i picture in like cartoons you know when the cartoon animals fight and it's just this dust cloud yeah, of, that's a good like visual. that's exactly what your child is doing right now. and what are you going to say to them that's going to make it make it stop instead it just looks like you know if you're if you're thinking of it from a standpoint of like well what are all these other people thinking or what are my in-laws thinking while well, you know they're doing this and I'm not saying anything Well, it looks a whole lot sillier for you to just be saying over and over again, stop it, stand up, and they're not listening. They know they don't have to because you've said it over and over and over again. They didn't have to do it. And you also want to make sure whatever you're saying is an enforceable statement. If they can't do it and you can't make them, don't say it because then again, your word is your bond. And if you can't make them do it, if you're going to make your child stand up, then you get my ever favorite the rubber legs where all of a sudden <laughs> yeah they've never stood on their own two legs before and
0: and of course i'm laughing because i've been there
1: <laughs> yeah um so yeah if you if you can't make it happen like one of my biggest things is when people make their kids say sorry okay so one how are you going to climb into that voice box and make that happen you're not
0: well, and I also read once and was that if you kind of like you said, the reinforcing the negative punishment, if you make them I'm you know, I'm not saying that they shouldn't show remorse, but right. developmentally they may not be able to because no. they truly don't understand. No, but and if you, they
1: may not be sorry. And so <laughs> and that's also fine.
0: And so um what I read once was that if if you say tell them you're sorry, then they learn that I can still bite Uh this kid at daycare. I just have to say sorry. I just have to tell them I'm sorry. And I thought about that and I'm like, that is so true. Uh They basically just realized that I can bite him again.
1: My get out of jail free card is is saying, saying, I'm "I'm sorry. sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That and again, you're teaching them. Two things there. One, the get-out-of-jail-free card. And that also, whether you're remorseful or sorry or not, you just have to say sorry. And that's not true. I tell kids all the time, sorry means I won't do it again. And the best apology is changed behavior.
0: That's perfect. Because
1: a mistake made more than once is a choice. So if you're going to continue to do it, then you weren't truly sorry. And I don't want to speak for you and make you say sorry when you're not. Because then it's insincere. So once once your child knows what sorry means and what that's going to get them, then they know going forward, okay, so if I'm not sorry, I shouldn't say it. And that's fine too. And can lead to some pretty funny moments of, you know, if you've ever asked a kid to say sorry, and they're like, I'm not going to, I'm not sorry. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> it's, that's fine. There are other ways to, to show remorse or show, you know, that you feel badly about what happened that's different than, I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, that I, I like that idea because you're, you're teaching them again, like, that what they did is they need to change that behavior. But it's going to take practice.
1: Totally. Yep.
0: And, you know, if we have a meltdown while well, they're having a meltdown, which is easy to do. You know, what we need to do is by being calm and being strong, we're also modeling behavior. Mm -hmm. We're showing them, you know, sometimes I would have to say in my own brain, you can't fight fire with fire. And that's really what you've been talking about here. And, um, and you know, so that by modeling that you're calm and you know, their feelings aren't right or wrong. It's Mm -mm. what you're teaching them is their action. Yep. You know so yes hey i i hear that you're sad i understand that you're mad or whatever it is or angry or you know but you can't right. but but what i what i don't want you to do again is is this right. this this you know yeah
1: but when we're mad we don't hit mom because instead that makes me feel unsafe and i know you being mad you don't want me to feel unsafe you know <laughs> Give them what you're thinking back, what their actions cause you to – because, again, they, they don't have that theory of mind that their actions, their words, their anything can affect somebody else. They're very They're very self-involved, as they should, because that's all they know at this point. They have very limited life experiences, and there are some adults who don't even realize that their actions <laughs> impact other people. So, you know, we can't expect kids to either.
0: And, you know, and you don't want to say, think about what you did, because developmentally, they're not there yet. No, they really can't think about what they did. Or maybe they're a little bit older and they're just not in the right mindset. Like you said, wait until they're regulated. When they're dysregulated, you're not they're not going to be able to think about what they did. Right. And then if they're younger toddlers, you know, by saying that they don't understand. And when we do make explanations or do comment on them, it has to be simple because otherwise, like I said, it just goes over their head.
1: It's also, again, they have limited life experiences. So you ask them to go back and think about what they did. Well, it's just like if they hear you in another room with your spouse or somebody else talking about an adult topic of some sort. Whatever they hear, whatever they saw, whatever their five senses piece together because of those limited life experiences and that, you know, not fully formed brain, the pieces that don't make sense to them, they're going to fill in with things that do make sense. So thinking about it, that could either reignite a whole issue all over again or, I mean, at the very least, just still not teach them anything. So, I mean… Because what are they going to think? They're going to think the same thing they thought the first time around because that's how you got there in the first place.
0: (laughs) And then we want to be positive about catching them do something right. right. So let's say you do go to the store or, you know, they ask for a cup or you tell them it's time to put the iPad away and they listen. Mm-hmm. then you really need to make a big deal of that because yeah. they really do want to please us. Okay. I know we're sounding like we're making toddlers out to be so horrible, but they're awesome and they're so fun. Totally. And and I love watching them develop and grow and their words just build exponentially and it's such a fun age. But that's what I want it to be for for right. people that are listening and struggling with this is that it we want it to be fun.
1: Right. And while you're reinforcing with that, the other thing that's great about toddlers is their what they're reinforced by is so simple. I feel like people think you know that that doesn't. You got off the iPad. Guess what? You get another iPad. And <laughs> that's not. It doesn't necessarily have to be tangible things. It can be. I love how nicely you listened when I said to that the iPad was all done for tonight. Tomorrow I'm going to give you an extra ten minutes. Oh yeah. Or you know. I'm going to read you an extra bedtime story tonight. Something that gives them, you know, one, a free option. It's it's nothing that is, you know, you have to go out to the store and buy and that they can't have immediately. I'm usually bigger on immediate reinforcement. Well, but especially at that age. Right. So yeah, so something like that they could understand a little, maybe an older kid can understand better, you know, the tomorrow you get 10 more Correct. minutes, but, but you know, in the, like mom will read you an extra bedtime story or, you know, mom will do this, this and this for you real quick instead of you having to do it. Um, just something that shows them that like you noticed, you recognize that they did the right thing and that, you know, there's, there's good in doing good.
0: Yes, there is good and doing good. And, you know, it's all a learning curve and they're learning too. And we're going to, you know, as parents, as, as um, you know, you make mistakes along the way, but, you know, offering options, l- allowing the feelings, but setting those boundaries are, are just so important. Mm-hmm. And, and then being repetitive, like consistent, like you said.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I i've re- I know I've learned some things, so I, I really appreciate it because I, I definitely... I learned some
1: things, too, after a while. I was like, gosh, I do know what I'm talking How about that? Hey. Yes,
0: I, it's excellent. And I know we could even, you know, we just kind of focused on toddlers, so I hope maybe you'll come back and oh gosh, yeah. we can talk because it, it gets very interesting then when you get into like, I always say the tween age, you know, kind of between toddlers and, and, and middle school. A lot of times, those are the times you kind of can um, sail through, usually. Yes. But there's a lot. I mean, even the young age, you know, elementary school Kids ages. Kids are getting older,
1: younger now. I
0: know. So. I know. So we're going to have to come back and talk <laughs> Absolutely. about that. Yeah. And, and uh, whew, teenagers, Woo. Well, you know what? Honestly, if you kind of look at them like toddlers, everything that Makes we just talked about, you could just flip it. We could talk about teenagers. Yep. Anything else you want our listeners to hear?
1: Um, You know, I just, I can't emphasize enough the whole, you know, that there's no manual for, for any of this. And, um, you know, even if, even if you feel like you're not doing great, you're doing great. Kids are, are they fed? Are they safe? Do they, do they feel loved? That's, that's the bare bones of it. So, um, so don't beat yourself up about it. And, you know, there's always tomorrow. This is always time to try again, so well,
0: thank you so much for joining us, and uh, I hope you will listen to Brittany's podcast yes, and
1: being better with Brittany
0: I've listened uh, to some of her podcasts, and they are really great, really some very thank insightful you. information and it's it's enjoyable so don't forget to listen to both Brittany and I on where you listen to your shows like Apple Podcast or Spotify.
1: Yes. And did you know that now on all of our podcasts, uh, it's follow instead of subscribe? Because uh, I guess they felt that if you, if you had to subscribe to something that you'd have to pay. But these wonderful podcasts are all free. So instead, just follow on wherever you like to listen to all your podcasts and you're good to go.
0: Yeah, and then you'll get notifications when a new uh, show is out. Yep.
1: You don't want to miss it. No,
0: not at all. (laughs) Well, thank you, everyone, for uh, growing up with Dr. Sarah, and uh, thank you again, Brittany.